0: Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Isaiah 51 and reading for our text the latter part of verse 10. A way for the ransomed to pass over. The whole verse reads, Art thou not it which hath ride the sea? the waters of the great deep that have made the depths of the sea away for the ransom to pass over. Isaiah 51 and verse 10, the latter part. This chapter begins with three sections of which the Lord says, Hearken to me. The first is in verse 1, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Very clear message to those that seek, those that desire a righteousness that is not their own. They're seeking that which is perfect and will stand before God. They don't fall under the condemnation of which Paul says of his people that were ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own. They are seeking that and they are seeking after the Lord. Ye that seek the Lord. And they are bid to be encouraged in the Lord, to trust in the Lord and to look how the Lord called Abraham and how the Lord blessed him. Then we have in verse 4, Another hearken unto me, this time it is to those designated my people, those that know they are the people of God. Of course, this would have been addressed to Israel of old, to his people that were brought out of Egypt. But in a gospel sense, we may address it to all of those that are the people of God, those that may be, they have sought the Lord, they have found him, they have been blessed, they know they are the people of God. There is a word for them as well. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear, O my nation. And he testifies to them that salvation is sure, the righteousness of God is near and that it is a everlasting righteousness. Then we have in verse 7, a word to those that know righteousness. Notice that each one of these three portions it is centering around righteousness, those that follow after righteousness. Uh, those that uh, his righteousness is near and there are those that know righteousness. Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. And to them there's the message that they should not fear men, should not fear the reproach of men. Now oft the people of God walking uprightly as dear Daniel was, was reproached by men and they sought occasion against him but could only find it in the matter of the Lord his God. And yet Daniel, he was not trusting in his own righteousness though walking uprightly he trusted in the Lord. He Pray those three times a day and where was he looking? To Jerusalem, to the temple, where the temple was. It was broken down at that time. But that's where his hope was. And maybe we may we be found in some of these characters here following after or seeking after the Lord, following after righteousness, knowing that we are the people of God and to know that his righteousness is near, his salvation gone forth, that it is everlasting, it doesn't change. Once in him, in him forever, thus the eternal covenant stands. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. That does not change, we change. But the Lord and his salvation does not change. He does not repent of what he has done in years gone by. And so then if we be found also in verse 7, those that do know righteousness and whose uh, heart has the law of God in it. May we be these people here. Well, there is then a cry that goes forth from the church, a response after they hear this word of the Lord. And it is again seeking that power and help from the Lord. Maybe that will find an echo in our hearts this afternoon because the people of God right down through the ages have known those times when they get so low, so despondent, so disheartened, so feeling weak in themselves and they feel to need the Lord to gain, pour forth his power to awake, as we have in verse 9, awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord, awake as in the ancient days. We may feel that language suits us for what the Lord has done for us. We want him to do again. And appear for us again and help us again, restore us again. Now, dear David, in Psalm 51, praise, restore unto me the joy of, of thy salvation, that may be our desire this afternoon. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The eye of the church is upon what the Lord has already done. It looks back to the time when Israel was brought out of Egypt and the Lord redeemed them from Egypt and then he brought them out, brought them through the Red Sea brought them into the wilderness, brought them through the wilderness, brought them through the river of Jordan and placed them in the promised land. And the church says, that's what we want. That is what we want realised in our souls again. Do those same things. They are the same God. It seemed impossible, it was impossible, that Israel of old should have been brought out of Egypt and the Lord did it. And he did it with a high hand. It seemed impossible that they should be brought into Canaan and to conquer Jericho, but the Lord did it. And he did it in a mighty way. And so the church of God has an eye to what the Lord has already done. And I believe all of the word of God, designed by God for these gospel days, is to strengthen the people of God So that they do not need to say, well, that was thousands of years ago and that was to God's ancient people. The Lord is not the same today. But they may say, no, these things are written for our admonition. They are written to encourage us, to help us, to strengthen our faith, to know that the Lord is the same God and that we put him in remembrance of what he has already done. And so, this is the message that is where our text is: that desiring the Lord to awake and to do these same things and to accomplish those same things that He did to His ancient people, His typical people. They were a typical people. And so, and I felt this word upon my spirit: this is a way for the ransomed to pass. Over, a way for the ransom to pass over. And we, we can picture the people of Israel at the Red Sea, and no way for them to pass over through that sea. And yet we, we read here Art thou not it which have dried the sea, the Red Sea, the waters of the great deep, that have made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? The Lord did that. And this is the picture that is before us. A picture of the people that were brought out of Egypt that had attended to the Passover offering that the Lord had passed over them, ransomed them through the blood of the Passover, brought them out, saved their firstborn alive, brought them out by a high and mighty hand and then brought them into and through the wilderness. So, I want to look at two points, the two points really that are here. Firstly, is a ransomed people. And then secondly, a way for the ransomed to pass over. Firstly, there is a ransomed people, a way for the ransom to pass over. This is how the people are described that are to pass over. They are not being ransomed, they are ransomed. A price has been paid for their release and we read in the word of God that without the shedding of blood there is no remission. We're familiar, in a natural way, with what it is when someone is held to ransom. In our modern day with computers, uh, with ransomware, we often hear of those that have got in electronically to the computers and will not release them until the money is paid. We went to send parcel off to Holland in this last week and we're told by the post office no I'm sorry we cannot give you the postage you can go home and do it on your computer but we've got ransomware and we cannot do postage for international my daughter was going to go to a university in Brisbane in Australia and the whole university got ransomware and so again they were greatly hindered and she's actually gone to another university now. Something that's very prevalent in our present day. But we know, of course, that there have been those in the past that have been abducted and been told the family must pay a certain money before they'll be released again. And in the scriptural sense, when man sinned, sin entered into the world and death by sin, the Lord had already told us what the uh, condemnation should be. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And the only way of escaping that condemnation is to have the debt paid, be ransomed. And that is what is spoken of here, people that have been Ransom—that that is the price has been paid to set them free and that price is the price of blood and it is the price that only the eternal son of God could possibly pay Old Testament saints through the types and shadows from Adam's day, we may say from Abel's day they understood that to be the Lamb of God that should take away the sin of the world. That there should be in the last days, in the coming of the promised seed of the woman, one that should settle that debt. One that should pay the price and one that should then ensure that those people should be set free. A ransomed people, a people for whom a debt has been paid, for whom blood has been shed. Our Lord, when he came, he came with this purpose and he testifies that he came unto this hour, the hour of his sufferings and of his death. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he must lay down his life. The scriptures must be fulfilled. Father hath given me a commandment, what I should say, what I should do. I have power to lay down my life. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And that blood of the covenant, the blood of the new covenant, the promise of God, is the blood of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, the true God and truly man. As truly man as you and I are, and yet truly God, the same as filled all things, has no beginning nor an end. The eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Abraham said to his son, Isaac, when he asked, where is the lamb? He knew something was needed. He knew something was missing, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham's answer, My son, God will provide Himself a lamb for a burnt offering. In that sense, He did. There was a ram caught by its horns in the thicket, and that was offered up in the stead of His son. But Abraham saw Christ die and rejoiced at it. He saw a substitutionary offering. He saw the Lamb of God. He saw that of which the blessing was then pronounced upon him, upon thy seed which is Christ, in thee shall all nations be blessed. When our Lord came, he not only paid a ransom, but he paid a ransom for a specific people. Our text says, Thee ransomed, as ones that, had that had already been paid, we know that applied to the children of Israel, but we know that also applies to all of the election of grace. There is only one place at which this ransom payment was made, and that is at Calvary, when the people of God sit round the Lord's table. They may all have different experiences they may be young maybe old some called early some called late some with a deep experience some with a shallow but every one of them had their sins put away in the same place the same time the same way at Calvary and that is what is being shown and testified at the Lord's table to the church this do in remembrance of me you're not remembering their own experience, they're not remembering anything but Christ and he is set forth and everyone around that table is exactly the same. None can say, well, I've, I, I've been redeemed greater or more price has been paid for me or, or I have some different standing. They're no, always on the same level. All were dead, all were sinners, all were under the curse, All have been redeemed. All have been redeemed at the same time at Calvary. The Lord is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He said, when Christ died, now is Satan cast down. The accuser of the brethren is cast down. He accused them day and night. He accused the Old Testament saints. They were in heaven But no blood had been shed yet at Calvary. But it was upon the promise that it would. With man, there would always be a question will something happen? He cannot fulfil that payment. You imagine if you go to a shop and you say, I haven't got money, but I'm wanting this shopping trolley. I'll pay you later. You go home a week or two later. Everything's eaten. It's all gone. There's no price being paid. But what if we then suddenly default and we cannot pay? We cannot give it back. The debt is not paid. But that can never happen with God. And when he undertook to pay the debt, it is as good as paid. Nothing can come in between to stop him paying the debt. And so Adam, Abel, Enoch, All of those saints, they were brought to heaven on the promise of what God would do. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. But when Christ did die, when the blood was shed, then Satan has nothing more to say. We read in the Revelation that there is a lamb in the midst of the throne as it had been slain a reminder of that precious blood that was shed at Calvary. The same, really, that the Old Testament saints all set forth in Hebrews 11. They died in faith, believing that he should come, that they were not to be complete without us in gospel days who have seen the Lord come or have the full Bible, full testimony of what he has done. So here he's speaking of the ransomed as those that not are going to be ransomed, they are ransomed, those that it is good is done for them. And we know then all the people of God that shall ever live, they were all bound up in that covenant. They are all the ransomed of the Lord the Lord undertook to die for them all. Some will teach, and there's many denominations, will teach that the Lord died for all men, for the whole world, for every man, woman and child. Many, many books have been written fighting against the truth of God, that it is a particular redemption. Our passage here refers back to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. There was a very distinct difference between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. The children of Israel, they had to obey the Lord in the type of the Passover. The blood was upon the the doorpost and lintel. The Lord's promise was, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. It was not part in the Egyptians, part with the children of Israel, part with the people of God, part with not. No, it was a very clear separation between God's people and those that were not. Those that were ransomed were the people of the Lord. Later on in Numbers 3, you can read how that the firstborn of the children of Israel, that they were redeemed by the Levites. They had to count the Levites and count the number of the firstborn of Israel and where there was not enough Levites and there wasn't enough to redeem them, then the difference was made up by five shekels according to the uh, measure of the sanctuary to be paid by each one. The teaching is it is a particular redemption, one for one, one Levite, one firstborn of the children of Israel, and if there is not, then a price paid. Not so, it doesn't matter about the difference. No, it must be exact. And so we told him, Proverbs that the Lord loveth a just balance, a just balance, a just way of the Lord, not a mismatch. You pay exactly what is needed. When uh, David was... Uh, at the threshing floor of Aronah the Jebusite when he numbered Israel the Lord had visited them with the pestilence for three days then Aurora said no, I'll give you the oxen I'll give you the instruments for the sacrifice but David said no I will not take that which I have not paid and so he would pay the exact price for that there must be the payment of what is demanded. And so uh, the debt that the Lord paid, he says in John 10, I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep they hear my voice and follow me. He says to the scribes and the Pharisees, ye are not of my sheep, therefore ye hear not my word. I lay down my sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, not of the Jews, but of Gentiles, them also I must bring. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. The ransom is the same. All is the same in Ephesians. And so he pointed to that which the Lord did, and he did for a people. That's a name that he was given. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. They were already his people, chosen in him from the foundation of the world. I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. They were always his, but he came to redeem them, to ransom them from the power of the grave, to ransom them and to release them and set them free from condemnation. A ransomed people. And we may say then, for everyone that is born into this world, that are the election of God, that are chosen in Christ, they are already described in this text as the ransomed. They've already had the debt paid. That is the gospel. Not that there shall be something paid, it is paid, it is settled, it is done. The Lord's message on Calvary was, it is finished. And that is the message of the Gospel, that when we have nothing to pay, the Lord frankly forgives all, because the debt has been paid, it has been settled. It's vital that we do understand that. You know, when David was convicted through Nathan coming to him, when he had sinned in adultery and murder, As soon as David fell under that conviction and said, I have sinned, Nathan doesn't say, I'll go back to the Lord and I'll find out what can be done and whether you can be forgiven. He says, immediately the Lord hath also put away thy sin, thou shalt not die, because David was ransomed, he was redeemed. And the reason why he was brought to conviction, why he fell under the word, why he was reproved and not just left go, was because he was one of the Lords and redeemed. I never take the chastening hand of the Lord or where we are convicted of our sin as a mark against us. You know, the more and more I go on, I remember sins of my youth. I remember the sins since making a profession. And sometimes it causes great heaviness and great sorrow. And though where those sins have been against people and I've obtained their forgiveness and pardon, yet it still pains my heart that I should have done it. And we need to have a very clear understanding of that payment and that settlement that our Lord made. That blots out our sin, that removes them, that covers them. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. We remember it. I believe, dear David, you know it was said of him, the sword shall not depart from thy house. And every time when Absalom rose up, when that happened with Tamar, all of the sins, all of the things that happened in his house, it would have brought back his sin painfully. Yes, he was forgiven, but he still would have felt those sins. There would be something wrong, really, if that wasn't the case. If we could come thinking, well, our life hasn't been too bad at all. Why does the Lord hide his face from me? Why am I in darkness? Why am I in this pit? Why can't I... Rise above this bondage, this darkness, this restrained path that I'm walking in. You know, when we look at that path and we look at our life we think, well, we can see why. But the Lord has not dealt with me as my sins have deserved. It's good to us to, even if we like with dear Job, that had all those things happen, all those things. And his dear friends, I said, that's the reason why, you know, it's sin in your life, it's things you've done wrong, and, and, and he gets no comfort from them. But then he says, I know that my Redeemer liveth and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Yes, he knew that. He knew also that when he died, though after my skin, worms destroy this body, Yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself and not another, though my reins be destroyed within me. He had clear views of the Redeemer coming, he had clear views of the resurrection of the dead and of himself personally, and yet it was in the midst of such discouraging, dark providences, and where his friends were all pointing, you're a sinner, you've done things wrong, You've not acted right. God was not taking that line. And in due time, He vindicated Him. He appeared for Him. And He helped Him. How many of us here? Our comfort, our refuge is that in Christ has died. That He has redeemed us. And we know that our Redeemer lives. We know that that debt is paid. We know that what Christ has done can never be erased. Never can be obliterated. The ransomed of the Lord is a term describing the people of God bound up in his covenant, their sins laid upon him at Calvary. Well, now we must come to the other part of that because our text says a way for the ransom to pass over. So first we have a picture of the Ransom Church of God. And we're told that they must pass over and there must be a way that they can pass over. What does it mean? Well, the great thing with the children of Israel was that they should escape the bondage and captivity of Egypt. That was the first thing. They might be ransomed. The blood might be shed. They need to be set free. And you know, with all of the nine signs that went before, they weren't set free. But when that blood was shed, they immediately were set free. And so we might say, well, isn't the very payment of the ransom the immediate first thing that is bound up with them being set free? They pass over. It is, it is bound up with them. But we know in the experience of God's people the word says that we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren, passed over from Satan's dominion to Christ's dominion, from the world to the church. The word of God speaks about those that are without and God's people that are within the church have got to live lives that... They're not a hindrance to those that are without. And all the time there is the picture of a very clear demarcation between the church and the world. The same as what the children of Israel said, we cannot offer the sacrifices in Egypt, we must be separated. The same as way the word says, come ye out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, I will receive you, you shall be my sons and my daughters. Saith the Lord Almighty, a separated people, a peculiar people, a holy people unto the Lord. And there is a way that the Lord does this, and that is in the calling of His people, in the quickening of His people. And it hath pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And the preaching is the preaching of the cross. It is the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Paul said, I determine not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified, and it is through that way that they are brought out and released and separated and delivered from the world. The Lord says, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. But there must be a time for every one of God's children to be separated. They pass over. They do not remain in the camp of the dead. But they are brought over. And in the way of the children of Israel at that time, they were brought out with a high hand. Clearly they went out. They marched out of Egypt. But then they came to the Red Sea. And that's what this referring to here, an obstacle that was before them that clearly needed to be opened up. You know that Red Sea, it proved the death of their enemies, it proved life to themselves. It was after they brought through that, they sung the song of Moses. That was the clear deliverance. That is where they could really praise God. They didn't praise it the first night. They didn't praise it the moment they left Egypt's borders. But when they went through that Red Sea, then they did. And you read the same in Revelation. Those in heaven, they shall sing the song of Moses. For they are truly redeemed and set forth. And the way I see it is where a people of God is clearly loosed and set free in a decisive way, in a clear way that is clearly shown who they are and who they serve. The Lord says that whosoever loveth father or mother, brother or sister more than me is not worthy of me, is taking up the cross and following the Lord, is entering clearly into the wilderness way clearly to be the people of God and led forth with the fiery cloudy pillar by night and by day. They were brought into the wilderness to walk through this world as the people of God. And it was the Lord that did that for it brought a very decisive and clear change in their lives. And that will be so with every one of God's children. No, it was said with Joshua, it was said with it was at Moses at the Mount when they'd had the uh, golden calf, who is on the Lord's side? And there was to be a very clear separating. Many times we have it through the word of God. No, as it were, sitting on the fence or no half in one camp and half in another. The Lord says he cannot serve God and mammon. He will serve one or the other. And the Lord opened that Red Sea and the Lord brought them through and the Lord delivered them and the Lord destroyed their enemies and the Lord gave them a song and deliverance. That was a blessed time, a marked time for them, a way for the ransom to pass over. Many of us in our experience, we can see what the Lord has used how he's used the ministry, how he's brought things in providence, that has brought things to a point, that has brought us to have to make a stand and to clearly show that the work of God is in us. I remember when the Lord began working in my home in a Welsh mile voice quiet at the time. And when I started, because of my parents, it was, and I had said that I wouldn't do anything, go to any performances on the Sunday, their interpretation was, as long as it didn't clash with church services, then I could go. And so again and again, things came up, and they said, well, it's in a church, that must be all right. And this doesn't clash with your chapel service, that must be all right. And so, in the end, I got stood up before all of the choir, the 40 members by the choir master, and he said, Roland, he said, is it you that won't do anything on the Sunday, or is it your parents? And at that time, the Lord was working my heart. It could have gone either way. And I stood, and by the grace of God, I was able to say, no, it is me. I will not. I don't want to do anything on the Lord's day. I want to go to the house of God. And that stopped everything. They didn't ask me. They didn't pressure me anymore. And in the end, I had to part from them, willingly, because I couldn't go along with some of the things they were doing. And we remember times like that and other times where there is to be a clear separation and things that the Lord uses to bring us clearly in his way. And brought again to baptism and profession and to joining publicly the Church of God. The Lord dealing with our spiritual enemies within and without, a way for the ransom to pass over, Then there is the idea as well, once they were through that Red Sea, they had the wilderness journey. That's when they were given the law of God. That's when they were given the manna from heaven. All of the things the Lord's dealings with them through that time. You might say, this way for the ransom to pass over The Lord has a way through this world for his people. In Hebrews, we read that they confess that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. And they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, a city to come. And that will be the case of all the people of God. This world will be a wilderness to a living, redeemed soul. But there is a way for the ransom to pass over him. A way that the Lord will lead his people forth by the right way that they might go unto a city of habitation. And it's a better thing to watch the Lord's hand. And may it be this afternoon that some of you here can look back and you can think of how the Lord has made a way here and there, provided a home, church, husband, wife, how he has delivered from temptation, delivered from sins, provided, bless your soul, fed your soul, instructed your soul, brought you to faith, maintained that faith, the Lord leads in the way. You think of Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. One thing to be brought out to the city of destruction, another thing to be brought to the celestial city, and all his book, it, it rehearses all the things that were done in that way, a narrow way that leadeth unto life. Few find it, because wide is the way broad, uh, wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. But there is a way. And the Lord knows that way and he leads his people in that way. A way for the ransom to pass over. May we have clear views on that. His track I see, the narrow way I'll pursue to him I view, or dear Paul, let us run the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, or the words of our Lord, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. A way for the ransom to pass over, to view this world with all its billows and its depths and its trials and its difficulties like a sea. And we pass from one side to the other, and brought, then he bringeth them, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Now the children of Israel at the other end of their wilderness journey had another river, another need for the Lord specifically to enable them to pass over into Canaan. Rahab, she remembered and her people remembered what had happened 40 years ago, at the Red Sea, and they were fearful and afraid. No doubt the children of Israel, the younger ones had been told of it, were some of them would have remembered. But those older ones, of course, had perished in the wilderness. But all of those that were 19, they would have been able to remember back. They there would have been some of them there that had been 50, 58 or so, and they could remember back in the eighteen, nineteen, and what had happened coming out of Egypt. And the Lord made it way, very similar way. Of course, this is not a sea, this is a river. So it doesn't need to be divided, it needs to be stopped up and then it continues flowing. And what that must have been for those in Jericho to see the same thing happen again, But how strengthening it must have been for the children of Israel this time, The ark is made, the beautiful type of Christ, and they see that go before them, see that go into the river and stay in the river, and though far off at the start, by the time they got to it, it was so close. The Lord says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am there ye may be also a way for the ransom to pass over death, to pass from this life to the next. They pass spiritually from death unto life, and now they must pass through death and lay this mortal in the grave, the soul released to return to God, awaiting that glorious resurrection, where they shall be forever with the Lord way for the ransom to pass over. It is a blessed thing to see how the Lord makes a way. I can think back of many of my own parents and the dear people of God and how the Lord has brought them to the end. How the Lord's appeared for them. How he's blessed them. How he's kept them. They've endured unto the end and he's brought them safely to be with him at last. May that be Our desire, and that that God that is the same, who has redeemed at Calvary, that brought us to know it, and to separate us unto himself, and cause us to pass from death unto life, and now brings us through this life's journey, will at last find a way, make a way for us to lay down this mortal tabernacle and to be forever with the Lord. May the Lord bless us with faith in the Lord to do this for us, what he has done and what he will yet do. For he is the same God, and this is what the church here have an eye to. The same God that appeared for Israel of old is the same for us, the same in gospel days. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Paul speaks of the church in the wilderness. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. May we oft drink at that fountain head, and then know that truly he hears the way, and he is bringing us through that way, and will land us safe with him at last. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.